is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Deep into October, dive in today with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Well, it's Rachel here with Bo and Alley Cat, and we're so glad you're here with us for another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. Absolutely. And today it's all about Memphis blues, New York pop, and New Jersey marriage. Yep, all over that map today. That's right. And you're going to spend some time this weekend getting to know some pretty cool people with new music and a new TV series. Okay, well, let's get to the good stuff, sisters. You said it. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Up first, Melissa Etheridge from hits like... never held back her talent or opinion. And she's got a new album that pays tribute to the Memphis Blues called Memphis Rock and Soul. And you'll get to know this Academy Award and multiple Grammy winning singer, guitarist, activist, and cancer survivor. And you're going to love what she has to say. Absolutely. And then it's on to New York pop singer-songwriter, Mark Bacino. Well, you've heard this New York native's music on Vampire Diaries and maybe read his songwriting column in Guitar World or Songwriters Market. But he's here today to chat his latest single, Not That guy now who is fool and who could never live those lies could try and try but i'm just not that guy you'll hear some great tidbits on songwriting getting your music out there okay rachel who's next Finally, We TV series Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars has a new season. Now, Amber and Jim Marchese from Real Housewives of New Jersey are one of the couples to undergo some extreme couples therapy. So you're going to hear all about that in just a few minutes. And they're going to stop by, let you know what to expect from the series this season and how and if their marriage survived. Fun chat with this New Jersey couple. And interesting note, Amber is also a breast cancer survivor. So that makes two guests on our show today who have survived cancer. Some pretty strong women on the show today. Mm -hmm. Okay, now before we get to it, Allie, you had an interesting call this week. Oh, I did, Rachel. I was running errands on Wednesday with my kids. I was driving down Pacific Street. My phone rings and they were being particularly loud in the backseat. They were actually singing. And my phone said blocked caller ID. And you guys know what that usually means. That usually means dad's call. Right. Yes, because his calls always show up like that. So I was just like, hello. And what do I hear but this low voice on the other end, very professional sounding. The voice said, this is Melissa Etheridge. 
and you can imagine my surprise. So I was like motioning my kids to be quiet. <laughs> so what happened is the interview was scheduled for the next day on Thursday, but her publicist had mistakenly given her the wrong time. And my cell phone is the backup number to the studio. So I was like, oh, hi, Melissa. I said, we actually have you scheduled for tomorrow at 2.30. And she was like, oh, okay. She says, that's why the other line kept ringing. She said, I'll check with my publicist and I'll call back tomorrow. And I was like, all right, Melissa, we're looking forward to it. Talk to you tomorrow. I hung up and I was like, did that just happen? And I said to my kids, I was like, that was Melissa Etheridge. And my kids were like, who's Melissa Etheridge? (laughs) It was a very surreal feeling. So anyway, she called the very next day. And that's the interview you will be hearing in just a few moments. Yeah, that's right. From my friend, Melissa, who just calls my cell phone. Wish I could say that. Okay, well, we're going to be right back with Melissa Etheridge. Keep hanging out here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. we got a lot of great things in store for you today. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Omaha World Cup 2017.com. celebrities on your radio station back to the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane welcome back to the mulberry lane show brought to you by omaha world cup 2017.com glad you're here with us academy award and multiple grammy winning singer guitarist and activist melissa etheridge has a new album out celebrating the memphis sound and songs from the legendary Stax records catalog now, the album's called Memphis Rock and Soul, and she's here now to dish about the album and her career so far. <laughs> Melissa Etheridge on a roll, celebrating Memphis Rock and Soul. Wow! <laughs> awesome! Oh, great to have you with us. No, it's a pleasure. Hello. Hello. Well, now this album really crawls into the historical Memphis sound and musical influence, so what led you to this album? Well, my music has always been very, very inspired and influenced by not just Stax Records, but those artists that were inspired by Stax Records. I mean, I've seen Janis Joplin watching Otis Redding, and then I watch her at Woodstock, and she's moving and singing like Otis Redding. So, you know, influence. Uh Uh-huh. Layers and layers. So now you recorded this at Royal Studios. So how cool was that? Oh, Royal Studios is amazing. If you're in Memphis, you've got to go to the Stax Museum, you've got to go to the Stax Academy, you've got to stop by Royal Studios and say hi, because it is historical. William Mitchell's son, Boo, okay. now runs it. I got to sing on Al Green's microphone, yes. and, you know, just the place they haven't, they haven't moved anything since 1964. I think, you know, it's really it's really a, a historical place. Now, you seem like someone who could walk into the studio and nail these songs in the first take. We we did pretty well. These guys know knew the songs. They knew where I was coming from, and at the most, it was three takes at the most. Okay. Yeah. You know, we've been listening to the album. You can just tell, like, you are meant to sing these songs. Oh, isn't that... I just... I love these songs. There's so much joy I have when I sing them yeah. that most of the vocals are live. They're okay. just alive with the band. Hey, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Omaha World Cup. 2017.com. Melissa Etheridge here talking about her brand new album, Memphis Rock and Soul. So here you are, you're singing in Al Green's mic. You've got a lot of these Memphis musicians there. So any fun or really poignant moments in the studio? Oh my God, every day was amazing. I mean, you've gotten 
the Hodges brothers. There were three of them, but a teeny died. But the bass okay. player, uh, Leroy, and the organ player is Reverend Charles. When you hear Al Green's, you know, love and happy, all those songs, that's him playing the organ. He's now Reverend Charles, and he's just mm-hmm. this beautiful soul. Michael Tolles was the guitar player, and you know, he plays on Shaft. He's the wah-wah guitar, you know, oh, that's him. Okay, so okay. that's, you know, that's the history. And before we would even start making music every day, I would sit with these guys, and they would tell me stories. Oh. And one story, you know, particularly, I mean, these are beautiful, you know, black men that have just been some of the greatest musicians, and sure. they're telling me about, oh, yeah, I remember the 60s when I was touring with uh, whoever they were touring with. And they said, oh, yeah, we're in Alabama, and they kind of start chuckling. Yeah, I remember we got pulled over, and the police officer, like, led us to this farm, and we're looking around and seeing if there's any ropes on the trees. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and then the judge comes out, and, and they think, you know, oh, my God, this is it. They're, and then they're laughing, going, you know, oh, he just gave us a ticket. We pay it. We had to pay it and leave. And, and, and they're laughing about it now, wow. but it's just horrific to think, you know, your life is yeah, that right was someone's there. reality. Absolutely. So, from a musical side, after hearing these stories, um, not that story, but other yeah. stories, <laughs> yeah. did you feel like it kind of set the mood for your recordings? Well, even that story, it, yeah. I have such respect for these guys, such huge respect for, for what they've seen, yeah. for the music that they have made despite incredible circumstances. And the ability to, you know, laugh. Yeah. At the store. Yeah, and not, you know, hate the world, you know, but but to to laugh about it, to know that they've, you know, gotten through it, and then to come together in this beautiful soup that is this album. Uh You know, all of that does come through there. Good, good. So now everything you've done in your career, you've owned, you know, from your cancer to your activism to your personal life, you don't do things halfway. So where did that come from in your life? Wow. You know, I, I grew up in the Midwest. I mean, I grew yep. up in Leavenworth, Kansas, right right close to you guys. Yep. I mean, my father had nothing when he grew up. He, okay. he, you know, migrant farmer, dirt poor, got into college through sports and was able to get a teaching degree, and he really pulled himself up and made it. So okay. he, he would always say, hey, it's, you know, it's about being self-sufficient. It's about going out there and doing it. It was not about blaming anybody else. And so as mm-hmm. I walked through this journey of my life, whether it's you know being a woman in rock and roll or being gay or having cancer, whatever it is, just uh, you know speaking truthfully, and it's always shown me the way. More honest talk with Melissa Etheridge here on the Mulberry Lane Show right after this. Don't go anywhere. And here's Melissa with her first single off the new album Memphis Rock and Soul. This is the classic "Hold On, I'm Coming." Like we said, she was meant to sing these songs. Don't you ever
bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Omaha World Cup 2017.com. Joining your weekend once again, singer-songwriter, activist, Melissa Etheridge. Gotta check out her brand new album, Memphis Rockin' Blues. When did you realize your voice and your writing was something special? Well, I wanted it to be special. As I really opened myself up to the popular music of the of the 70s, you know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, but it was really the 70s where I started thinking that maybe I wanted to do this. Uh-huh. I, I knew that being a singer-songwriter was one step more, was, was, was what I wanted to do. I wanted to play, sing, and write. Okay. And so, you know, I started writing and then eventually got in my early 20s and started playing those songs for people, and they seemed to like it. And you know, as long as they liked it, I would keep doing it, you know? Uh Eventually, by the time I was playing solo in Los Angeles, when I was finally signed in 87, I was doing, you know, as as many original songs as I did covers. Now, going back to the breakthrough album, Yes, I Am, what was that time like in your life? (laughs) Huh, well, you know, it it went by really fast, I gotta say. I'd been touring, and the album came out in 93. It took about a year for it to really take hold, and that's back when you could kind of do that, you know? The, you could take the, your time, yeah. Yeah, the first single, I, I had a record there for a while. Come to My Window was, was the longest single on Billboard at the time, and just because it had took so long for it to, to grow. <laughs> that's kind of the way my career's always been. It's just taken a while, and everybody eventually gets it. <laughs> do you miss that fast pace, or do you like where you are now? Oh, it's faster now, actually. Okay. okay. Yeah, with with the internet, with social media, I find that, you know, yeah, I had some hit songs in the 90s, but it's taken this long for those to really permeate into the, the society around the me. Culture, and, yeah. Yeah, and now I see people 30 years old or something, oh, I grew up with you, you know, yeah. oh, and, and that's what I'm seeing now, and that's on a larger level yeah. than just the hit songs I had in the 90s. Right, and your career has grown in other ways. Yes, I'm yes. known for all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So now you recently weighed in on the whole Brad and Angie saga, and you got in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> you know, it's that speaking true. I was very... It, it really pushed a button in me. Yeah. The the whole divorce. I mean, I've been through that twice, and a famous sure. person with divorce and children. And I know, you know, what you can do and what you shouldn't do, and, and what. And it just. And he was an old friend of mine, and I, I, I yeah, I said a few things. <laughs> Broke my mind. Exactly. <laughs> That'll get you in trouble every time, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Singer songwriter activist Melissa Etheridge here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now, what's going on with the cannabis infused wine? Ah, these are very interesting times. November 8th, there's going to be five states in our country that are up for legalization, and then another four more just for medicinal. So our our country is finally relaxing to the the truth that this is good medicine. This is very, very good medicine. I've been a cannabis activist ever since I went through breast cancer 12 years ago. And it and really helped you through it. Really helped me. And I'm cancer-free for 12 years, and it, it seriously helped me through That's it. Awesome. And I, And since then, I've seen so many really serious medical conditions that this is such good medicine for. And so changing hearts and minds, changing the stigma is really where I've been. Now, the cannabis wine was something I stumbled onto. That it's been something in California for 
quite a while, uh, sort of behind the doors for personal vineyard use. I said, wait a minute, this is the greatest thing I've ever tasted. This has to, you know, be in the world. I have a few cases now. It, I, I can't take it over state lines. I can only have it in California now. You know, the federal government. It's a funny thing. You have to have a card, a recommendation in California, and... um, And you can just get it in California. Yeah, you can just get it in California. Okay, got it. Okay, so back to the new album. Do you have a favorite track? Gosh, that's hard because I I do love them all, but if I had to play one, it would be Hold On, I'm Coming. Okay, and that's the single. Did you have a hard time narrowing down... Oh, what I did. songs were on there? I bet. Oh, I mean, it, it, it started with like 150, and I was okay. like, okay, I have to have to really narrow this down. I, finally, when I, I had about 50 that I was listening to, and I'd listen to them over and over, and I was like, okay, what song am I excited when it comes on? Yeah, okay, and then I narrowed that down to about 20. Okay. Then I went down to Memphis with about 20 in mind, and then kind of felt my way, and as I was recording, oh, this, these are the songs that are going to sound good with these musicians. And, and we recorded about 17. Two of them weren't quite great, and I ended up with 15, so I've got okay. 12 with three bonus tracks. And you know what? This is going to be an incredible album to hear live when you tour. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. The horns so, and the singers. God. Oh, yeah. Will there be a part two? I don't know. I really don't. I'm really being in the moment. I'm, okay. I'm usually like a year, like I know what I want to do next year, but right now I really want to feel this because like you asked me about you know, yes, I am in '93. Mm-hmm. I really didn't feel that. I wasn't aware of it until it was done. Yes, okay. and I want to be in this in now. It. I I want to be right here. So maybe in a couple months, two or three, I'll, I'll start going. Okay, this is where this is headed, and I'll know what I'm going to do. You're now. at the point in your life where you can be intentional. Yeah, I love it. It's a good place. Well, Melissa, thank you. Enjoyed talking to you immensely. Oh, my pleasure. I hope we talk again. Yes, we'd love it. Check out Memphis Rock and Blues. That's Melissa Etheridge here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Going to take you from Memphis Blues to New York for some straight up pop. Mark Bacino up next. And here's another track off of Melissa Etheridge's new album, Memphis Rock and Soul. Here's I've Been Loving You Too Long to Stop Now. I've been loving you.
the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Omaha World Cup 2017.com. Well, straight up feel good pop is what this singer, songwriter, producer, Mark Vecino, does best. Now, you've heard this New York native's music on Vampire Diaries and maybe read his songwriting columns in Guitar World and Songwriters Market. But right now, he's here to chat his latest single, Not That Guy. Mark Bacino, he's stopping by, and he's not that guy. Wow, and that's like the best intro I've ever had. Awesome. <laughs> How do I top that, you know? Awesome. So right. this is kind of the friend zone song. Talk about what it's about and what inspired it. Um, well, I guess it's just a situation that everybody can understand. I think everybody's sort of been in that situation. It's also sort of playing with the idea that the guy who has this interest in this girl, is his sort of nemesis treats this girl not the greatest, and he sort of says, you know, I could never be that guy who would treat you that way. So it's sort of a play on, you know, on those words, and at the same time, he's, he's never going to be that guy. Right. <laughs> okay, now you've decided to release songs as they're done rather than wait and put together a whole album. So what prompted that whole MO? Just sort of my schedule, I guess, in my life these days. It seems like, as I'm sure you guys know, sort of balancing everything between, you know, life, family, kids, work, yeah, doing totally I do. Yeah. yeah, you totally get it right. Yeah. My work for other artists and TV stuff and writing sort of this hack music journalism thing that I kind of <laughs> fell into now. Doing all those things and trying to balance that out. And then sooner or later you, you realize, wow, I'm sort of forgetting about putting out my own music. So I was thinking rather than wait to amass an album's worth of material. Because I've been recording stuff for myself. It's not like I've been totally out of the loop with okay. that. You know, the technology is there now. So it, it's not like it was. You had to be on a label for promo and distribution so all that's kind of changed now as you know so right. i was thinking you can put stuff out to your fan base and get it out there relatively quickly so i think i'm going to kind of try that for now mm -hmm. you know release a handful of singles from the record and then maybe on hold together. on to a bunch and not release those and then put those on the album and maybe put it all out together at once well, that's my plan well, <laughs> for now there's something to be said about being able to make music fit your lifestyle Right, yeah. You know, it's funny, too, when you think about albums, and I love album format, but at the same time, you realize that when you release a record as an artist, as you guys know, there's this big push, the record comes out, and then that's kind of it for the next, like, three years or whatever, or however long you get hit. Yeah. So I was thinking, in a way, it's kind of interesting that if you kind of trickle out these singles as they go, you're constantly kind of feeding your audience a little bit. So being that we can do it, I'm going to try it. I have to say the press has been really good for this single so far. It may be because I've been away for a while, but, you know, we'll see. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> now, you've been producing other artists, too. So when you get someone into the studio, what's your approach from the production side of things? Uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of local artists here in New York. The approach is really, I, I think I try to work with people that are similar in terms okay. of my sensibilities, uh -huh. you know, pop, harmonies, hooks, you know, that kind of thing. I always just try to serve the song. I always tell people, you know, the song is going to tell us what it wants, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yes. you can tell the song what you think it may want, but uh, it may sound funny. You know, you can put heavy metal guitars on a country song. That's not really what it's asking for, you know, that's the other approach I look at. And that's you know. a good approach. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to New York singer-songwriter-producer Mark Bacino here on the Mulberry Lane Show. In writing the songwriting columns for Guitar World and Songwriters Market, do you have a favorite article that you've written for either of those publications that you're like, wow, I really captured something there? 
There was one that I did where it kind of speaks to what we're talking about. It was like a six-part series, I think. It was how to be your own producer. And I felt that it was kind of a cool one because, you know, today with the technology being the way it is, by default, they have to become sort of their own producer, which they may or, you know, may not be used to doing if they've just been out and playing and writing songs. And so with that series, I tried to break it down uh, how you would kind of become your own producer and what to look for and and kind of give people a, a roadmap for that. Right. That's great. So I like the way it came out, and I hope people get something from it because it's like you can have the gear and you can have the time, but the one thing you can't kind of replace is the experience. So hopefully I can give people a little bit of that. Is that article online? Yeah, I believe it's still there. Um, you can go to guitarworld.com and search on my name, Mark Bacino, and you'll find all the articles that I've done. Yeah, and that is B A C I N O. So then, how are you recording? Do you lay vocals down with everybody, um, or do you do it later, or how does it work for you? Generally, for me, I don't do a lot of live on the floor recording. I tend to layer generally with my stuff. I mean, this new single in particular, I mean, we, we basically built it kind of from the ground up. I think I did a scratch vocal and a scratch guitar track, and then we had the drummer play along to that, and so then we kind of got the drum track down. Of course, we played to a, a click. Not the that harmonies? I am doing some of the harmonies, like the answer harmonies, groups that come in and answer what I'm saying. Yeah, that's all me. And then there's a, another little uh, direct harmony that goes along with my vocal and parts, and that's a, a friend of mine by the name of Ron Sabraki that okay. was uh, doing that. Do you intend to put all those harmonies on, or do you just build and build and build until it's like, okay, that's good now? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of experimentation. I mean, I think, okay, I kind of want a big sort of cluster harmony here. I sort okay. of hear it all in my head. I uh-huh. can kind of start to think about the song while I'm, you know, doing something stupid like washing dishes or something. <laughs> I, get, I can start to think about the song, you know. Like, it's always uh, the mundane tasks, you know. It really is. Uh-huh. So I do that a lot. More. So now what do you do when you're deep into those creative thoughts and you have a son, right? Yeah, How yeah, old is he? he's 11, yeah. Okay, he's so, 11 now. So when he comes and interrupts you, how do you handle that? <laughs> as best as I can. <laughs> it's tough sometimes, as you guys know, you know, when you're in sort of that, that zone. Uh, yeah. zone, yeah. And it's funny because he was home today from school, and so I'm, I'm out from the studio, and I was like, okay, uh, what do you want to eat for lunch? Oh, oh. Uh, not that. No, I don't like that. No, I don't like that. That's totally it. You know? I was like, well, I got to go do an interview. I can't, yeah, you know. So and then you're going to hear about how hungry he is later and how dad didn't feed him. And I know, I know. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> so do you record a lot of your ideas on your iPhone? Oh, totally. Yeah. kind of don't need an instrument. That's actually another article I wrote for Guitar World, okay. speaking of which. I wrote about writing without an instrument. Okay, um, right. Because it's sort of like freeing, you know, like what's the best instrument you have is your voice and your mind. I mean, I could sing anything quicker than I could ever figure it out on guitar or piano. I do a lot of that. And just to sort of capture that, you know, you always have your phone attached to you. So it's like, okay just throw that into the voice memo and, and then figure it out later on. Exactly. You know? so, right. so are you touring at all? I haven't really done much live stuff. A couple of years ago, I kind of ran into some trouble with my voice. They call it a granuloma. I think it was like in the news that John Mayer had one. So my voice kind of got weird and unpredictable. Unfortunately, yeah, I didn't know what, you know, was going to happen. <laughs> you know, scary. like, yeah, yeah it is kind of scary. I mean, you guys definitely know that. It's weird when you do a lot of singing and then all of a sudden you it's can't, you know. So, yeah. yeah, you go to the doctors and then they're like, okay, you can do this, you can do that. But, you know, 
There's some things you could do for it, like surgery in the extreme, but really basically they tell you like not to talk and you know all this stuff. So it's really hard. So lately, the voice has been getting better. So I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like now, I want to kind of maybe get back to the live thing. All right. Well, Mark, next single you have out, we'd love to have you back. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm hoping to maybe do that sometime after the new year. I have another track ready to go. And well, we'll chat then. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. New York singer-songwriter Mark Bassino with his single, Not That Guy. We'll be right back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with Amber and Jim Marchese. They're from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and now they're on WeTV's Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars. So you're going to get some marriage advice and maybe a little dirt, too. <laughs> Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Oh, baby. I promise I'll be hazy Forget your birthday every year Ignoring every tear and sigh Or maybe I'll try and be lazy yeah. Watch the game and drink your beer not here like him Now who is fooling who Could never live those lies Could try and try But I'm just not that guy the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Omaha World Cup 2017.com. Well, the new season of WeTV's Marriage Boot Camp Reality Stars just premiered. Now, Amber and Jim Marchese from Real Housewives of New Jersey are one of the couples to undergo some extreme couples therapy. Now, they're here right now to let you know what to expect from the series this season and how their marriage survived. Welcome, welcome to the show, Amber and Jim. Hi, thanks. I'm so going to have my husband do that for me every morning. <laughs> that is wonderful. Awesome, I love it. Okay, now this series has a few new marriage counselors, and they're calling this extreme couples therapy. So what makes this extreme? Uh, the fact that we were there for two weeks, every day, 24-7, filming and therapy, having someone analyze our every move. It was very intense as a couple. It was very intense with other people watching them go through things. Uh-huh. And it was intense to be analyzed as we were. That's got to be really scary. Very scary. I'm still having repercussions over this. <laughs> <laughs> what did each of you learn about yourself and each other during this process? Jim? So what I learned about Amber is that there are things that have happened in her youth that has an impact today, 
Okay. Uh, the other thing that I learned about myself, just kind of be more gentle because you get to see yourself on the outside in. And sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it uh-huh. that really has an impact. And uh, I'm so glad you learned that. You're like 46 and you're just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited he just said that. That was great. Well, you know, it's that awareness. Yes. I mean, obviously, Tim Kaine in the uh, VP debate did not get that concept yet. He needs to work on that. He needs to go to the marriage boot camp. (laughs) Actually, I think he and Hillary should go with Bill. That's the thruple that they're doing with because that's a little weird. Now, that would be something. You could throw Monica Lewinsky in as a guest. You could throw in Jennifer Flowers. Probably throw in most of the Northeast that Bill's been playing around with if you read Powell's email. That would be the most watched reality show ever. I think it already is if you watch the ratings of the news these days between Fox, CNN, and the other. It's definitely the most watched reality. <laughs> yes, this <laughs> is exactly true. what it is. Okay, Amber, now what did you learn about yourself and about Jim? As Jim said, some things that came to a head that I definitely had suppressed for a very, very long time. In fact, I don't even remember. Like, mentally, I just put it out of my mind and went on. And I, you know, I was very tough about it, and I didn't realize how much it affected me within a relationship. So I felt very exposed, very raw, and I was not expecting to ever do that in therapy nor on national TV. So it's a little bit of a, a jolt for me, but the results were very true. You know, like, I got past it, and I haven't looked back, and I fixed something that was very broken in my life. Wow. Yeah, as far as as gym... No, I don't know if I learned anything about you. You're the same going in and the same going out. you got to prep me on these questions, man. i got to think about <laughs> So, no, Amber, you just got through round two of breast cancer. So how's your health? How are you doing? Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. I, I'm done. It's over. Finished my treatment about a month and a half ago. And I feel great. My health is amazing. I feel great. I know I look good. I feel good inside and out. And going through that experience along with everything else in your life, juggling all of that had to be a really intense time for you. It's a true testament of someone's will and drive and ability to take a really crappy situation and turn it into making myself a better person and yeah. strong. What in your past and what can you attribute that go get spirit to? I don't know, maybe losing my father at a young age, being by myself, and you know what? Being told when I was younger that I was not smart enough, or you know, if I failed, someone telling me I'm never going to make it. I actually had someone told me that they pictured me barefoot and pregnant. And all of these things made me be like, F you, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. I'm not going to let any of you affect me. Mm-hmm. Way to do it. Well, you're listening to Amber and Jim Marchese here on the Mulberry Lane Show. They're from Marriage Boot Camp, Reality Stars, airing now on WeTV. Now, Jim, you mentioned that you learned to be more gentle on this. So how are you working that in your daily life? I would say that I try to like, kind of put a pause whenever I'm about to say something. I try to watch my expressions, really sit back and think about what is the impact of what I'm saying and how am I trying to convey it. It's really interesting to watch how what you say is absolutely logical, it's valid, and someone gets completely turned off. And in this world, people are so sensitive that the optics become more important than the actual message. It's true. And that is it's amazing to me how I look at it like there's substance, you don't worry about the facade, but everybody these days is all about being PC and it's about the facade. So annoying. It makes it more difficult, but, you know, it's just to me another obstacle in communication, and that's how I look at it. I wish everyone would toughen up and put some armor on and just get a job done rather than saying, oh, this one's saying and looking at me funny and this one's saying, just get on with it, you know? Yes, I agree. Before we let you guys go, you guys have four kids, two kids together, and Jim, you had two boys before. So any advice about becoming a family? 
Absolutely. I would say one of the biggest things, uh, the husband and wife, you have to really come together and agree upon how you want to raise the children and support each other 100%. Mm-hmm. Where I drop, you pick up, and where you drop, I pick up. And honestly, one of the biggest things is create a lot of different traditions. Children love consistency and love traditions, so I don't care what it is. If it's family traditions from the past or you make up your own tradition, we have tradition for Halloween, we have a tradition for Christmas, we have a tradition for Sunday. We are a family unit all the time, and honestly, we would rather be together as a family than anyone else out in the world, and that's created by all that tradition. I agree with that. That's a great secret to a good family life. Yep. Okay, well, guys, Marriage Boot Camp Reality Series on WeTV. Thanks, guys, for joining the show. It's fun to get to know you better. Thank you. I'm going to sing to you guys next time. Okay, great. Okay. Anyway, Amber, we're really happy about you and your health. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Amber and Jim, check out WeTV's Marriage Boot Camp. Don't you give up. Nah, nah, nah. I won't give up. Nah, nah, nah. Let me love you. Let me love you. Thanks, guys, for opening up your life and sharing your experiences with us here today. Marriage Boot Camp. Check it out. Who else do we need to thank, Allie? All right, well, we have to thank my friend, Melissa Etheridge. That's right. Your buddy who calls your cell phone. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Melissa, thanks for sharing with us all the ins and outs of your new album, Memphis Rock and Soul. And I have to say that now my little kids know exactly who you are because Memphis Rock and Soul has been blasting in my car. <laughs> Available for download now. Check it out. Yeah. And finally, we got to thank Mark Bacino, New York pop singer-songwriter. He has a new single out called Not That Guy. Thanks for bringing your brand of songwriting to the show and for sharing some of the topics of your songwriting columns in Guitar World and Songwriters Market. Mark Bacino will be releasing some singles over the next few months, so make sure you continue to check out Mark Bacino on iTunes. B-A-C-I-N-O. Alright sisters, we've come to a full stop. That's right, we gotta leave it here until next weekend. Same time, same place, we'll meet you right back here. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap.
to burn.